The reading is taken from the Gospel of John, reading uh, from chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead I have called you friends, for everything that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So we're looking at um, this title, Jesus Matters Because of His Love. Um, And... It was interesting looking at the little booklet that um, we're using to base this series on. Um, I I think when it came to the picking, um, I think Claire got a good one this morning. Um, And I looked at it and thought, you know, this guy guy talks about it a bit, but but Jesus' love is is so big. It's It's such a vast subject. It's such, a, it's such a preaching challenge, not because there's nothing to say, there's everything to say. Um, but, um, you know, um, I'm not going to keep you here all night, but um, I just looked at whether Jesus' love is really, you can say Jesus matters because of his love. Well, of course he matters because of his love, but I was going to say it's a little bit more than that. 1 John 4 says this, uh, verses 7 to 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And I was thinking about what Jesus' love 
means. Why Jesus' love matters, or why Jesus matters because of his love. And Jesus, as part of the Trinity and part of God, this love is more than a, a reason why he matters. It's intrinsic. It's his personality. He, he didn't say, I am love, but this passage says God is love. And we were looking at what makes God, God. He says, I am who I am. And Jesus' love is so much part of who he is and so much part of his, uh, part of his outreach to us that I don't think we can box it in to just a little phrase of Jesus matters because. I think we need a bit more than that. We need Jesus' love is amazing because... And I hopefully I'm going to just bring a little bit of what Jesus' love brings to us and what the, the love, the kind of centred love of God will bring to us. So hopefully I'm going to go a little bit further than um, perhaps our little book took us. But what a great pick, what a great direction to take. So I'm, I'm not going to be too rude um, about, about the book I was given. But... Because love is so much of what, what makes Jesus who he is, I believe that knowing that love can really make us who we should be. Claire talked this morning about the I am who I am makes me who I am. And the I am that is Jesus and his love makes me who I am. Jesus' love makes us. Jesus' love kind of fits the pieces back together. Um, and makes us who we are. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Jesus' love, and um, I'm going to use kind of three points just to kind of bring it in so that we, you know, have a start and a finish, really. Um, And the first thing I'm going to talk about is how Jesus' love is personal, how Jesus' love is personal to us. And why I want to talk about that is because it's personal to me. And I hope I'm communicating that. And um, I try to as much as I can. And the challenge, the testimony challenge, was a little bit of that as well. To try and communicate Jesus' love. Because that's where we are. That's what we need to be able to do. Um, The second part I'm going to talk about is Jesus' redeeming love. His saving love. Um, And this is the John 3.16 stuff. But um, as Claire kind of referred to John 3.16 this morning, and Tim had it last week, um, I thought I would kind of not centre completely on that bit, but we are going to talk about that a little bit. And the third aspect of Jesus' love is his, uh, his missional love, or what his love calls us to, or what Jesus' love called him to. So we're going to talk about the, um, Jesus' love in these three ways. So firstly, let's talk about Jesus' love as personal. You know, in our text, he says, As the Father loves me, I have loved you. Jesus' love is a love that originates in God. We are created for a relationship with God. God said, you know, within, within the Trinity, God said, Let us make man in, my, in our image. You know, let, let, us, let us make people who are like us, who have the ability to relate, who can relate with us. God, you know, came down and talked with Adam, you know, spent time with him in Eden, pre-sin stuff, uh, that there was this relationship. 
and this, uh, this creation for relationship. That love is within what we're made as. And that love is very, very personal. There's a love of the kind of family. There's the love of being in the family of God. You know, being a part of this relationship. And we hope and we try as much as we can to reflect that love in our relationship with one another. We're part of God's family. We're part of the love that comes from a family. But I know that not everyone's families are great. Um, in fact, everyone's families aren't great, if that makes sense. Um, you know, there are always failings and there are always difficulties within our, within our natural families. But if your family has been awful or you've not known love within your own family or you've just known a bit, a few just snippets of the love, what we need to know is that this love from God, this love of Jesus, this love that took him to the cross, is so much more than that. And it is the perfection and the fulfilment of what we try to, uh, to produce in our family. So sometimes our love doesn't quite meet the mark in terms of the fulfilment that we need from it. But we need to know that God's love really makes that up, really, uh, really is that love, that source of love that we need. And so much more if we can be plugged in to that love. You know, talking about the vine and the branches, if we can be kind of committed and plugged in to the sustenance that comes from the love, we can make good in those situations. But it's more than that. It's more than being part of God's family. It's so much more. It's individual. This is what um, Ephesians 1, 5 says. I'm sorry, it's, uh, it's 3 to 6 actually. How bl- uh, this is the message. How blessed is God. What a blessing he is. He's the father of our master Jesus Christ and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. And I feel that we sometimes, we talk about love, we talk about Jesus' love, but do we know it? Do we experience it? And this is really the, the big theme of what I'm saying tonight is, do we really know that we know? Do we really experience it? You know, our text talks about the joy that comes from the love of Christ. Do we really do that? And how can we get to a place where that love is, as we kind of feel it should be, unstoppable, irrepressible, overflowing love? We read about it in the scripture and then sometimes we look at our lives and say, we know it kind of theoretically. So hopefully we will get to a point where we'll move on a little bit further into this. So that's the personal, that's, uh, that's the love for us. We've talked a bit and John 3.16 is, is, uh, is the text for this, isn't it? There's a, there's a looking around in society for a love that's stronger than death. 
Um, just a couple of cultural references, kind of almost off the top of my head. These are ones I knew about. Um, in the Harry Potter books, has anyone, anyone read the Harry Potter books? We've got someone, oh, there's one reading one there. She'll be listening. Um, <laughs> it's my daughter. Um, in the Harry Potter books, it's all about looking for a love that's stronger than death. You know, the, when death is coming, he's looking for the, the hero, and it turns out to be his mother's love that saves him. Uh, that's, that's the kind of theme. Or, uh, or going probably down a, a generation to a sort of, um, sort of Miriam's level. Um, in the film Frozen, um, Elsa, Elsa, the, one, of the, one of the kind of two princesses, saves her, her sister Anna. I don't know why she's not called Anna. It winds me up every time I watch it. But anyway, Anna, let's call her, um, is saved by the love of her sister. And in kind of culture, there is this idea of a looking for a love that overcomes death. But we know that there is a love that overcomes death. And that's why we have that text. You know, that, that phrase, greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends, that wasn't written for Remembrance Day. You know, that's, that's talking about Jesus. It's great that people can heroically lay down their lives for their friends. But that's talking about Jesus. And that's talking about Jesus as our friend. The reason he did it was because he is our friend. Because he loves us so much. You see, the idea that God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, is great. Is marvellous stuff. But I think we're a little bit stuck in our kind of um, evangelical background. We kind of know that um, a little bit like a lawyer would know it. You know, we know that, check, sin problem, yep, we know we've got to deal with that, check, Jesus has done it, great. That, it's a little bit more than that. You know, um, my, my, my friends Bill and Joe um, have interestingly just gone back to the States, um, but Bill's American and Joe's British. And, uh, and there was a time uh, when they got married where they had to, um, they had to go up to uh, Croydon to go to the home office. Bill had to go because he had to prove that his marriage was real. You see, it, it, wasn't, just, it wasn't just a kind of... The home office were very thorough in checking that it wasn't just a transaction. It was a little bit more than that. They wanted to know that there was a real relationship. They wanted to know there was real love there. And they would do things like, they do, uh, they ask lots of questions about, you know, leaving the lid off the toothpaste and all those kind of little irritating things, leaving toilet seats up or down or whatever they should be. Um, All that kind of detail of living together is what the people in the home office ask them. You know, they ask them the detail because they wanted to check it out to make sure it was real, to make sure it was more than a bit of a transaction. And I think perhaps we've got a little bit programmed to, to say, yes, we know this, John 3.16, we've dealt with our sin, check. But it's more than that, because it's based on love. It's based on relationship. It's based on Jesus laying down his life for you as his friend. Not just as a sinner, and not just, to, oh dear, we need to deal with his sin, but he actually loves you, for you. Even however awful we were. And, and you know, we were, we were all pretty awful to start with, weren't we? We know that. He's laid down his life for us. Jesus isn't a lawyer. He's a shepherd. You know, it's the Jesus who lays down his life like the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He didn't just save you because he wanted you not to die. He saved you because he actually wants to spend time with you. He actually wants to relate to you, to me. He actually wants, um, you know, we talk about spending time in his presence. And the awesome thing is he wants to spend time in our presence. And that's really quite challenging. Um, because we, I think, we're just so down on ourselves. And we don't realise if we know, as, as Claire said, if we knew how loved we are, we would think about ourselves so much and so differently. But let's not diminish what is great about Jesus' saving love that took him to the cross. That, that he dealt with our sin because he loves us. And he's brought us into relationship with him and into relationship with the Father. And he has put us in the place where we can have life. We can have life and, and more life. Life and more abundantly. Life and love and joy in him. It's an awesome thing uh, that he has done for us. And it is so great to be so loved by Jesus. So Jesus' love is missional. Uh, missional is a bit of a good buzzword at the moment, but I very much approve of it. Um, those of you who know I'm in the fire service um, may know that the, the purpose of the fire service is to save savable life. That, and that's good. Um, and, and we very much like doing that. Um, you know, and uh, we risk ourselves a little bit if it doesn't look too dodgy. Um, <laughs> um, and we will you know, try and save people. It's a great career and I very much enjoy it. Saving people's lives is a great pleasure. Um, and we might do that um, kind of with the medical interventions or we might do that with the kind of traditional dragging people out of uh, house fires and carrying them down ladders and all that sort of stuff. Um, Jesus' mission is so much better than that because he saves the unsavable lives as well. You know, he really goes for it. He doesn't muck about with, oh, I'm a bit dodgy. I was a bit far gone, that one. You know, um, no, no. His mission is so much more than that. His mission is to search and rescue. His mission is to find us. His mission is to, to leave the rest of the sheep and go and get hold of us. And we know, those of us who've been taken hold of, by this amazing saviour, that his love is missional, it, it is active. His love is so practical and so sacrificial. And Claire talked this morning about Jesus' claims not really being humble, and I think she's right. Jesus' claims weren't humble, but his actions very much were humble. You know, the, the foot washing and the going to the cross was an act of ama- an amazing God humbling himself because of love. And that's why the two greatest commandments, according to Jesus, are love, are love God and love your neighbour. God's love overflows and should overflow from us into love for others. It originates in the love in the Trinity, as I've said, and it overflows into us. So if God's love is like this, is missional, is practical, is, is, um, is in the business of searching and rescuing, then so much our love should be like that. And if we can get to the point where this love is overflowing, to be honest, it gets easy. Because the times when I've really, really known God's love and had an experience of God's love, um, it just kind of overflows. Remember years and years ago, I went to a prayer meeting. Um, it was in Broadwood um, that's where I grew up. So uh, my, my story's all in Broadwood Chief. Um, 
And uh, I, I went to the pub after I'd been to the prayer meeting and I met a friend of mine. And he said, what's up with you? Because I'd just been to an amazing prayer meeting. And I walked into the pub and it was just overflowing. You know, it was just, he could see it. He could just see it in my face. And I said, I've just been to the most amazing prayer meeting. This guy wasn't a Christian. He just asked me what the, you know, he asked me what it was. And that's what um, I'm really encouraging and looking for us to be like. To be a people who know God's love, who know the love of Jesus so much that it overflows. And that becomes very practical because it's just so natural. It's just so uh, alive in us. Uh, 1 John 3.18 says this. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And the, 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 uh, the command bit, you know, the command bit in our text talks about bearing fruit, but bearing fruit while being nourished by the vine. And that's what I'm looking to encourage us to, to overflow, to talk about love, to talk about Jesus' love. To, uh, to demonstrate it. And this overflow is the love of Christ flowing out to, uh, to the community, from, from us and through us. So it's great um, to, to know God's love. And, you know, I've talked a bit about it and, and, and looked at it and spent some time and we've had some testimony of God's love. But how do we know it's like, this has been the, the wrestle of this preach. It's like, yeah, we know it. We know it head knowledge. We know it John 3.16. We know it legally. We, we know the, the kind of business of God's love. But how do we know that we know? How do we go a bit further with this? And I struggle with this a little bit. Um, and, and then I looked um, and found something from John Piper who expressed it very, very well. He said this, How then do we pursue the fullness of the experience of the love of God poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit? One key is to realise the experience is not like hypnosis or electric shock or drug-induced hallucination or shivers at a good tune. Rather, it is mediated through knowledge. It is not the same as knowledge, but it comes through knowledge. Or to say it another way, This experience of the love of God is the work of the Spirit, giving unspeakable joy in response to the mind's perception of the demonstration of that love in Jesus Christ. So I'm looking for us this evening to know and experience God's love. And I think as a church, we've known theoretically God's love. What I'm looking to, uh, to bring tonight is an experience of God's love. And taking John Piper's um, cue, really, um, I hope I've given you enough of God's word about his love. And I hope that my words have, helped, my words have kind of helped with that. But the experience of the joy and of the love of God seems to be something that comes through the Spirit. And not through a wacky feeling, but just of that kind of bubbling up of, of the love and the knowledge. So from the knowledge comes the love. And I think that really sums it up very well. So what I'm going to do um, is I'm going to pray for us. Um, 
And I'm, I'm just going to pray a little bit that I found, um, which is in Ephesians 3, um, from the message. And hopefully you've had enough of the words about love. And I'm just going to pray that the experience and the knowledge of the love of Jesus is known to us. And, yeah, this is why Jesus matters, but more than that. So let's pray. I ask with him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depth. Rise to the heights. Live lives full. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God.